Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. And I'm excited. I got my buddy, my good old pal, my podcast partner, kind of, on a different show, kind of, <laughs> Brad from The Cinema Guys, and whenever we feel like it, Apple Teeny Plus as well. You're just the man, dude. Thank you so much for being here, and we're recording this at a very late hour, so I am extra appreciative. But what's up, man? Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Gerald. It's, it's you know, it's far and few between when we can get together these days. I know. I know. It's, always, it's always special when we do. You know, people are going to hear us together, and they're going to be like, you didn't do an Apple TV thing? <laughs> and we didn't. They're anxiously awaiting... The next episode of Apple TV Plus. We should tell people that are two piece fans. We launched the Apple TV podcast like a year ago. We have like they're they're anxiously awaiting episode four. <laughs> <laughs> a year into the show, we're, we're, we're quarterly. We're quarterly. It's okay. Oh man! Now hopefully we will get back on the horse with that stuff. But nevertheless, I love chatting with you, whether it's movies or Apple TV or whatever it is. And you and our buddy Drew, our mutual friend, came on a couple months ago. We did uh, something fun for the month of horror. Your uh, your third favorite podcaster, Drew. <laughs> right, number three. Yeah, in no particular <laughs> order, Drew. No particular order. Yeah. Don't get upset, Drew. There's no particular order. <laughs> You're on the list, buddy. You made the list. Uh, but we're not even talking movies tonight, Brad. We're getting kind of crazy. I know, man. We're I not. Know. We're not doing Apple TV. We're not doing movies. What are we talking about tonight, man? Uh, we're talking about our favorite debut albums. That is correct. So debut albums, no genre limitations, no real parameters other than that. The only kind of parameters that you and I talked about is it had to be a studio album. Yes. And it had to and it, what was the other thing? It couldn't be an EP. Couldn't be an EP. It had to be a had yeah. to be an LP. No live albums, no um what do you call them? Like what do you call the tapes of people but the the what do you call the demos no demos oh, yes yeah yeah, yeah. it yeah. had to be an actual release yeah it had to be released on a studio label and considered the band or musicians debut album the first album that they released so uh, i just made my list today for this this has been one that's been on the two-piece agenda for quite a while you claimed it a few months ago and here we are so when i was Coming up with this list, man, I just made it today pretty easy, which was kind of surprising to me. But I was telling you before we started recording, I stopped at 10. Like, I got my honorable mentions. I got my top five. I didn't keep going because I could probably have listed 50. Oh, yeah, easily. Uh, what about your research, man? Was this an easier list for you to compile as well? or I, I mean, it was, a, it was an easy list to come up with the albums. It was harder to rank them. After my first four, easy, easy top four. But after that, I was like, well, would this one be number five? Would this one be number five? That 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 was mm -hmm. that was the tough part. Well, let me ask you this then, because I got kind of cute and I said to myself as I was making my list, I took a couple off and replaced them with other things. So all the ones that I'm going to mention tonight, and I don't know if you did this or if you thought to even do this, are my favorite album from this band. Does that make sense? Yes. So I would not have put 
like let's say I loved a debut album of you know whoever, but if their sophomore album was my favorite one of theirs, then I would not have included the debut album. Oh, okay, okay. So everything I have listed is a debut album, but it also happens to be my favorite from whoever the artist is. What about you? What did you? How does it fall for you? Um, I didn't do it that way. I mean, there are probably yeah, they would be my favorite albums of quite a few of them, but. I, as I was making a list of albums I loved, I kind of narrowed it down to what are ones that are on a constant rotation still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You can't, you so, don't get tired of them. Exactly. Yeah, without a doubt. That, that applies to all 10 of mine too, I'm sure. And I'm probably going to be pissed that I forgot something, you know? What did you uh, go genre heavy in one area? Because me and you are pretty similar. Yeah, I feel like there we we may have some crossover. We'll mm-hmm. see, yeah. but I, I mean, I don't know. And yeah, as 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 we go through, you'll be able to tell <laughs> mm-hmm. my style of music for sure. <laughs> yeah, same here. My love for a certain era, I think, and you know the genre. You know, I did my '90s rock countdown over on Patreon that you were a big part of, and we had a lot of fun uh, bitching about that, or you guys did, but. That really, I mean, the 90s in general really kind of is where a lot of my music comes from, even that I listen to today. So I think that's going to shine through in my list as well. But I tried to be a little... for me. I I did do a few different genres, but they're all pretty much the same era, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll tell you what. what, You doing anything, man? You want to tell anybody about anything? Because I feel bad. I didn't give you a chance to... (laughs) I mean, you're you're doing cinema guys and, you know... You know, we're we're sometimes quarterly, too, the cinema guys. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's your new thing, right? Quarterly (laughs) podcast. But, yeah, I mean, anyone who listens to your show should probably knows who I am by now. Yeah, for sure. You know, go check out wearethecinemaguys.com, Tubi. Mm. Check out my Tubi stuff over on YouTube. I have fun doing that. Drew, Drew and I are you guys are killing Tubi, it. Tubi, Tubi fans. We yeah. love watching those those terrible movies on Tubi. Yeah, yeah, you are. Tubi hit you up recently on Twitter. I saw they did. They did. Yeah, that's that awesome. pretty cool. Did you get the gift in the mail or whatever they were going to send you? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Come on, Tubi. What are they using the postal service? <laughs> I can't believe you don't have that. Yet. <laughs> I mean, as much as I pay for that streaming service, I mean, come on. I know. I mean, wow, you're putting in the money. What are they doing? <laughs> All right. Well, Brad's a movie guy, but tonight he is going to be talking music with me, and we're going to be talking about our top five debut albums. Aside from the kind of mini parameters that I mentioned earlier, any era, any genre is eligible, and. Uh, we probably will have some crossover. Not sure how long the episode will run as a result, <laughs> but we will talk about these albums and talk about why we love them. So, Brad, do you want to get us started, man? What's your number five debut album? All right, th- th- this was my tough one, uh, number five, and I just kind of I was doing a flip flop here as we were talking. Like, should this be five? No, should this be five? All right, so I set my number five from two thousand. It is Hybrid Theory from Lincoln Park. Ooh. I actually didn't expect that. That's a good one. Okay. And and this is an album, and this is one, this isn't my favorite album of theirs. I actually like Meteora better than this, but it's still, this is still a great album. This is one of those, yeah. I think it, it came out at that right time, like, oh, this is, this is something a little, I don't want to say new, but still kind of like, you know, you got Chester's voice, you got the, the rap on there, and it's just like, it was a great mix. Closer, 
one step closer. Oh, yeah, one, one, one step closer. One step closer. Points of authority in the end. There's there's some bangers on that album. That's like an all-time like mosh pit finale tune, though. One step closer. I remember them doing that with Stained at the Family Value Store when I saw uh, Aaron Lewis came out and like screamed the part at the end, you know, with Chester. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good shit, man. Crawling. You know, they had oh, some yeah. really good yeah, videos a, from from off that album too. It's it, it's it's a really good album, and like I said, it's one of those that I still throw on from time to time just because I love the album so much. I love it too, man, but I, I like that you surprised me out of the gate. I, I don't know why I just didn't see that coming, and that is that is newer than any album on my list. Oh, really? Yeah. I have, I have one album newer than this. Oh you, oh, you know what? In my honorable mentions, I have one that's newer than that as well. But other, but nine out of ten of mine are pre-2000. So Okay. Most of mine are pre-2000 as well. <laughs> that that kind of tells you, you know, Gerald and I are the same age. Yeah, we, we, we grew are. up in the, you know, the same same time. Probably listening to the same music. So let's see, man. <laughs> I'm gonna do uh, number five for you. Yeah, right, number five for me, Brad. I was telling you pre-recording. Now some of my fans might be like, "Dude, this again," but I didn't order the list. Okay, I just have a list of ten albums in front of me, and I'm gonna kind of order them in real time. My top two, I was telling you, are locked in. I know what they are. Okay, uh, but aside from that, I'm kind of like you were with Hybrid Theory. I don't really know what my number five should be, but. I'm going to probably put a little hip-hop representation here. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. Oh, that, that is a good uh, album. That's my number five, that's a really dude. That's good album. Um, I can remember my dad uh, making me cut the grass back in the day and listening to this on my Walkman at the time. It was a cassette tape. For those young kids that don't know what that is. I know, right? <laughs> you, had to, you had to put a physical tape into a box. <laughs> Dude. From the depths of the sea, back to the black Snoop Doggy Dog, funky at the, the, the dot point. Solo on that ass, but it's still the same. Long Beach is the spot where I serve my cane. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, but don't lose your grip. Nine trips ain't the year for me to fuck up shit. So I ain't holding nothing back, and motherfucker, I got five on the 20 sack. It's like that, and as a matter of fact, to check, check. Cause I never hesitate to put a nigga on his back. Yeah, so keep out the manuscript. You see that it's a must we drop gangster What's the motherfucking name? 1993, man. And I, <laughs> look how... Look how zeitgeisty Snoop Dogg is now. I mean, this guy's a freaking like he's a brand. I mean, he's an icon. Oh yeah, you know. And, and I'm not he talking and, about just some music. Yeah, he and Martha are all over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Martha too. Yeah, but I mean, just a mogul man, just doing his thing. And you know, you heard him on G Thing on the Chronic, and it was just like a different type of like rap and that flow, and it was almost like he was talking almost. Like it was a really, it's yeah. a really smooth like. You know, just that G Funk era, just like really chill. You know, and gin and juice. Oh. Yeah, dude. And then it's one of those you just kind of sit back. Yeah, dude. It's like I'm just chill. And then when it crossed over to Doggy Style, and he had his own album, and you know the Snoop Dio Double G, and just he was just so smooth, man. And like Lottie Dottie on that album is one of my favorites. You mentioned Gin and Juice, which is probably the most popular, but you know it's just an album from cover to cover that's like really funny. 
but like really creative and you get to really see what he can do aside from just a couple guest spots that we heard before that and you know Dre did it and he found a freaking superstar this guy is like I said he's just blown up to be one of the biggest names in the world you know he even can act he's got all these different products that he's like an entrepreneur and a spokesman for and I mean the guy's just huge you know so and I almost feel now you know what is it 20 what over 25 years later mm-hmm. he's even bigger than you know when he blew up then yeah without a doubt man i mean just he's got his hand in so many things and you know he's just so well known i don't know how else to put it i mean like even if you don't like rap music like there's no way you don't know who he is you know what i mean exactly um he's just really transcended in that way but doggy style is just you know i was a junior slash senior in high school when this album was blowing up uh, it came on the heels of the chronic which was one of my favorites and it's just so nostalgic for me, but I also think it's just a really, really good album. One of the best hip hop albums ever, in my opinion. Um, and it introduces to Snoop Dogg, man, on, on like a full scale. So there you go. That's my number five, Doggy Style from 93. All right. All right. So a little hip hop to get my list started. That might be, there's one, ah, there'll probably be one more hip hop at least, I think, in my five. <laughs> I don't know. I'll figure it out as I'm going along here. What do you got at number four? You had Lincoln Park at five. What's up next? Uh, number four. May may sh- may shock you, may not. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, number four is no, it's not my oldest album on the list, but it's down there mm-hmm. from 1994, and that is Dummy from Portishead. What? I absolutely <laughs> love the shit. Look, of no, it's good, but uh, this does surprise me. Like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, this might be the shocker of your list. I don't even know what else you have, and this might be the shocker. <laughs> I don't know if I can name more than one or maybe two songs off of this. It is, okay. It's very unique. It's very indie. It's cool. And I don't know. I just did not see Brad Hargis picking this. But talk. tell me a little bit about why you love this one, man. Uh, th- this this is an album that came out. I mean, I was in 94. I was, I was in college, early, you know, years of college. I probably didn't get to this album till a year or two later. Mm-hmm. But it just... The first time I heard it, I mean, it it's gave me the first feel of that trip hop, as the genre is called. and just the the beat of everything and i was just i was into it i mean the big song you would probably know from this album is sour times yeah that's probably their biggest song on there and another song called roads that is actually in the movie tank girl okay all right it's a brad fest movie that i really enjoy no i like tank girl Lori petty right (laughs) yeah yeah no i like tank girl and it's just it I don't know. It's just one of those. It's one of the wow. first vinyls I bought when I got a record player. It's just one of those albums I can just throw on and I just kind of like sit back and just, dude, I just let it play. Not, I did not see this coming, bro. <laughs> wow, you really brought the heat with that one. All right, well there you go. So you're a dummy from Portishead. Wow, yeah, it's a great album. Man. Well, that's a good one. Now here's the big. I don't know what to put in my four, dude. 
What do I? What am I going to? Because I, I think my top three is locked in. So now, what am I going to leave out here? This is a pay, this is frustrating. I should have. I should be better at the show. You should put Portishead in there. Really. I should. All right, man. I'll tell you what. Let's go. I believe this is ninety two. Also, uh, well, no, you said Portishead was ninety four, right? Correct. So nineteen ninety. Actually, I'm gonna go mm, all right. number for my number four. I'm gonna go facelift by Alice in Chains. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, doing that, I'll tell you when we get to honorable mentions. But doing that means I had to leave off one that's probably gonna pain me later. <laughs> but. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What were we going to say? I was going to say, that this is a great album. It's not my favorite album of theirs. I think it is my and, favorite of theirs. Dirt's pretty sh- close, though. Uh, Jar of Flies is probably, Ooh, okay. wow. All right. probably mine. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a good album. I mean, this is that time, I mean, you could speak to, to the album. Just that time of, I mean, grunge. You had You had a lot of different genres really kind of taking off in the 90s. I didn't know. I didn't know this was until I was looking it up just now. This was released in 1990. I thought it was 91 or 92, but I came to it later. I probably came to it around 91. But okay. with you know my favorite band of all time, Nirvana, and then I started seeking out other bands that were kind of in that same wheelhouse and Seattle, the Seattle sound. And but Alice in Chains was just this kind of like you know usual feelings that you got with grunge but it was somewhat unique because of the jerry cantrell melodies and then lang staley kind of like you know actually very similar to the dynamic that lincoln park had much later that you were mentioning earlier it was like two different vocalists Mm -hmm. uh the lyrics were so complex but you know what was really cool about facelift is it was like they came out of the gate like guys we're we're here to make you bang your head we're balls to the wall like i don't think there was a quote-unquote slow song on that album like it was all just unleashed you know man in the box is their huge hit which they crossed over as a result of that and it was a big hit for them but their songs like we die young bleed the freak uh well actually one of my favorite songs is a song called it ain't like that which is a very underheard tune from them it's track seven on that album it's probably my favorite one on the album actually it was featured in the movie singles as well because they're in the movie playing it on stage um so i remember really loving that song from singing in the movie and then getting to hear the studio version on the album was really cool but you know allison chains and lane staley rest in peace it was just such it's just such a memorable sound like the two the two voices kind of coming together with him and cantrell and the songwriting and you know i think because it was the introduction and it was so raw this has probably remained my favorite album of theirs. I think okay. I think Dirt is probably a better album. Like if you polled like you know the quote unquote music community or whatever, uh, Dirt's a more polished like you know kind of better produced album. Oh, oh yeah, they they definitely got that more polished sound, but they still kept that sound. Like you hear any Alice in Chains song, and immediately you can go like, "That's Alice in Chains." Yeah. Dude. So, so I, I love this album, and uh, man, I had to leave a lot of stuff off to put it in my top five, so I hope the guys appreciate it, but it is my number four, Facelift from Alice in Chains, and that swings us over to you, man. What do you got at number three? I, you just, so, I'm just going to tell you right now, dude, you are like really surprising me, and we're pretty, and we're pretty close, just so everybody knows. I did not see either one of your first two picks coming, so I'm excited. What do you got at number three? 
Well, let's see. Number th- number three may or may not shock you because of a previous recording that we have uh, done. Yes. But this is an album from 2002, hmm. and this is a self-titled album from 30 Seconds to Mars. Oh, yeah. We mentioned that when we did Actors That Are Musicians or something like that. Yeah, the, the double threats. You know, it doesn't shock me, but what does shock me is your love for this band so much. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I'm, that, that is not even supposed to be a negative comment the band i don't know it's just a weird like you don't meet a lot of like 30 seconds of our super fans yeah i mean right or no i mean i don't know maybe you do i, I, I get it i mean I, I wouldn't consider myself a super fan oh, okay. i mean i like their other albums but this one is by far my favorite that they've they've put out this is i i absolutely love this album it's another one that's on current rotation i probably listen to this album at least once a month this on the episode that you mentioned but is jared leto a better musician or actor i mean i know the answer without even ever hearing a 30 seconds of mars he's a better uh, joker <laughs> actually you know what he's a really really good actor that was unfair uh, i think he is a really good actor but not a good joker uh in my opinion i know that brad doesn't mind it but uh i wasn't a huge fan of what he did with that character yeah. but is this the album with the kill on it? That song no, called the kill. No, 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 that's a different album. Okay. This is uh, this is the one that had um, Capricorn, Edge of the Earth, Oblivion. That were some of their big ones on, the, right, on this right. album. Because I, you know, I never and, and I do like this style of kind of like I don't know, glamorized grunge or whatever you would call it. It's a little more industrialized, I guess. The mm-hmm. sound. I do like that. I just don't know why I never got into them because I, it, whenever I do like that song The Kill I mentioned I'm familiar with that one because it was on a playlist I had many many years ago that I made yeah. so I love that song and anything else I, when I hear it I'm like oh this is pretty cool but I don't know why I just never like latched onto it I guess I should maybe get are they still making the albums yeah they're still coming out with music alright cool it, it doesn't like I said it it doesn't it, their older stuff I prefer more than their newer stuff but i mean it, it's still i still enjoy it i still enjoy their music all right so third and it's just a self-titled album yeah all right so 30 seconds of mars your number three my number three is from 1992 uh, i think everybody can see a little bit of a <laughs> the era <laughs> bias here on my list so far but yeah so from 1992 the self-titled album for rage against the machine mm, that's a that's a great album let's fucking go Unstoppable, dude. Like, uh, th- I mean, starting the album with Bomb Track, Killing in the Name, which is one of their most recognizable tunes. It goes right into that one for track two. And it just doesn't let up, man. Like, the album is also important because there's a lot of political messages that they're trying to get out about the time. Uh, you know, the free Tibet concerts they were involved with and a lot of things that they were really passionate about. 
um, America's involvement in different you know societal issues around the world. So they were like activists that were just like fucking rocking your world, like you know. So you were able to be entertained and get in the mosh pit and do oh, all and this other stuff, but it was really thought provoking at the same time. And then you got Morello's guitar with yeah, Zach's vocals because his vocals were it was like hip hop, but like punk rock almost right right and, and it was yeah another one of those that like you hear it and you know exactly who this is and it just i mean it it, it grabs a hold of you and doesn't let go did it and it was something different it was like right smack dab in the grunge movement too but it was so different like it was like you know because it didn't make my top five so i'll go ahead and mention corn too but a couple years later like i was a huge fan of theirs and like it was kind of like that mixed with grunge mixed with rap like and like i said there was already some political activism built built in there too so it was something very very different that just kind of borrowed from a lot of other stuff that i really loved yeah and it kind of put it in a potpourri and hodgepodge and we came out with what we came out with rage against the machine and this has remained my favorite album of theirs. Like I said, if it made my list, it was my favorite album of, of said musician. Uh, you know, Evil Empire is probably a close second. Battle for Los Angeles is fucking killer. Like, there's not a bad album from this band, in my opinion, but this one was just like no holding back of introducing themselves to the... And, and you know, they were so true to their kind of foundation, too, because like I said, everything that was being put out was more on that grunge side. Yeah, you know, and they were just like, no, 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 fuck that. Like, let's <laughs> let's talk about you know hungry people in Tibet or whatever. Let's like rap rock over you know these fucking angry. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hit you in the face with it. We're not gonna we're not gonna be like, oh, we're gonna softly speak about these right, issues. Right, we're like, right, we're you know, mad we're about it. We're angry exactly. about it. We want you guys to get angry about it. And you know, it started a movement, man. I mean, they had those huge like stadium like. Telethon's not the right word. What's the fucking uh, like the tribute concerts where they would like raise oh, money yeah. for for the people of these underdeveloped countries and um, you know it was just important to them and it still is. I mean they're still activists and uh, Tom Morello is outspoken and you know they're just they're they're great man. So it rubs a lot of people the wrong way, but I think that's a good thing, especially in American politics. So Rage Against the Machine, what a cool name too, you know, and innuendo because the machine is is politics is politicism you know and they're right they're raging against that for sure so that that's a great pick like i said it just missed my list i out of their albums i like evil empire a little more yeah i can see that it's so good man it's so good i'm not gonna argue with it like you said they they don't they don't have a bad album well there you go that's my number three rage against the machine from 92 and we are up to our runner-ups man what do you got at number two now I know for a fact this my top two probably will not shock you at all. Okay. Um, my number Finally. two, my number two from 1993 is Undertow from Tool. Oh, good one. This, this Just album missed my top five, but yeah, a freaking life changer. This this is my favorite album of theirs. Yeah, and I absolutely like sober. Sober's my all-time favorite song they've ever done. Without a doubt. And it's just, yeah, I love this album so much. I think and, and, I think Anima is my favorite of theirs, but sober, okay. but sober is my favorite song of theirs. Uh, it might not be a popular. I, I'm glad to hear that it's your favorite as well. But a lot of people might be like, "Yeah, it's kind of played out." 
which I mean it is, but I don't care. Yeah, I get it. But <laughs> still, it still comes on. I'm like, oh god, man. This. Yeah, so and the video, good. the video for sober yeah. with the the little like stop motion animation, yeah, dude. nightmare yeah. fuel, dude. It's great. And when that when the guitar starts and his arm just like sh- starts to shake, and I'm just like, oh, this is, yes. this album i love the pick and you're right i'm not surprised uh i do you're a tool fan as well so undertow is your number two i'm glad i got some love tonight hopefully paul from countdown will approve i probably Mm. have it too low for him he'd be like low but you know hey he loves enema too though i don't know (laughs) if he was if he was following my rules but who knows Let me look up the year on this next one. I think I know it, but I don't want to misquote it. Brad, give me one second. I am the most unprofessional podcast host alive. Uh, Actually, I was off a year, so I'm glad I looked it up. Okay, so my number two, once again, back to the hip-hop world, but also it's rock. It's a little bit of both, guys. And it is a band that just fucking, you could see the landscape, landscape just shift when this album came out in 1986. Licensed to Ill by the Beastie Ooh, Boys. Great album. No sleep till. unlike anything that anybody had heard ever when it came out and how often can you say that like it was these like white punk kids that were so impressed with bands like run dmc and sugar hill gang and all the new york stuff that was new because you know rap music wasn't really a thing yet like it was kind of growing and it was becoming a thing and they kind of inserted themselves into that conversation and just kind of like made this album of like just friends hanging out with Rick Ross like just you know what I mean like it was just like <laughs> the stupidest shit and they've just those some of the songs of the album will live on forever and they're so there's not a lot of substance to them they're so silly in a lot of ways oh and they just got but, sillier as they got older yeah I know yeah but I mean fight for your right to party about you know kind of rebelling against your parents when you want to have college parties and you know, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, which is an homage to New York that uses Led Zeppelin as a, as a sample. Like, these guys were just innovative, man. They were they were rocking, and they were doing rap. And they, like I said, their influences were shining through. But it's just such a memorable album from cover to cover. And I just have such fond memories of this really just 
blowing me away at, at like 12 years old or however old, old oh. I was when I got my hands on it. Oh, absolutely. Like this, this was the album that I, despite for your right to party, you, you just, it was just one of those songs that you just sang that you yeah. just knew. And, you know, and then they, they later, you know, they come out with <laughs> so many great songs. I mean, yeah. Intergalactic, you got Sabotage, and yeah, they, they, they and, and what's funny is their roots. When you listen to like old demos of theirs before this album, they were punk rock. They were like straight up a punk band. Yeah, and then I think they just well, they, they got like, caught you know in that what? wave of hip hop too, though, because yeah. they were right in the heart of it there in in New York, and it was like. I mean, anything that was happening in the world of hip-hop, at least in the mid-'80s, early to mid-'80s, was happening in New York, you know? Like, later, the West Coast stuff would happen, and that would be later in the decade. But that whole movement was, like, literally... And I've talked to our buddy Emron from Jock and Nerd. He's been on the show many, many times, and he he's a patron, and I love that dude. And he... he I love talking to him about music because he'll he was there. Like, he grew up in those like towns and like suburbs of New York city when like this kind of shit was like, you could only hear it literally outside your apartment on the street. You know what I mean? Like it was like, you heard it happening literally in your front yard. You know what I mean? And then like the boroughs where they're from. Yeah, dude. So, you know, it was just a movement that they were a big, big part of, I feel like. And you know, all those influences shine through from, I mean, it's, it's just one of those, like a lot of, big albums it's like right place right time yeah dude. they hit it the right time and just blew up license uh, too same, ill same way I, I listen to it a lot all right man so <laughs> bradley we did yes. it man we're up to our number ones number ones I and my I, number I one I is not gonna yours. shock a soul should i guess yours <laughs> you probably can guess what mine. if i'm wrong though Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, we're not including any albums that were released in 1989 tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to mess well, you up? <laughs> lucky for you, um, according oh, to God. your rating system, this album came out in 1990. Oh, okay. Then we're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, go ahead. What do you got, man? Uh, it is an album from 1989 from my all-time favorite band, Nine Inch Nails, and that is Pretty Hate Machine. Yeah, it is. I didn't put this one because I knew you would, but it, uh, it is a honorable mention. So. It, it's, not, it's not my favorite album of theirs. Oh, wow. Okay. But it is, I mean... I could pretty much put all their albums as like, oh, I love this one. I love this one. But this this is one that's easily listenable to because you can sing almost any song. I was up way up in the sky and I was feeling some feelings you wouldn't believe. Sometimes I don't believe in myself and I decided I was never coming down. Just then a tiny little dot caught my eye. It was just about too small to see, but I watched it way too long. It was pulling me. What are you thinking? For your favorite, I mean. Favorite? My favorite album of theirs is The Fragile. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting check. Pick. Uh, I didn't see that coming. All right. Well, well, I mean, this one you have, you know, had like a whole terrible yeah. lie. Dude, down in it. Forget down it. Down in it. Sin. 
By the way, Kinda thanks to you. To. Thanks to you. I had to take down and it off my top 100. That, <laughs> that countdown I did. I was like, oh, God, this came out before January. <laughs> uh, but Down and It is actually my favorite song on that album. And uh, that probably is my favorite Nine Inch Nails album, I think. And, and Down in It's one of those songs where, you know, Trent's rapping and it's just like after, you know, you hear Head Like a Hole and Terrible Lie, it's just kind of, yep. oh, this is this is a little different. Right. Right, it, it was uh, it was all over the place, which I think is part of why I love it, you know. Uh, but I think that could be said at least for Downward Spiral too, though. That was kind of all over the place too. Like you had really like melancholy, uh, yeah, kind of somber it, numbers, and then you know. I think that's what made Nine Inch Nails such yeah. Uh, yeah a huge band is the you know different variety they had in a lot of their music. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, th- this one was a lot of like. Yeah, I don't know. It, some of it was angry. Some of it was, you know, you, you uh, had like a hole. You, who, who didn't listen to that song when they were in college? I know. I know I did. It was my favorite <laughs> song of 1990. Walking around, head like a hole, black as <laughs> soul. Like, you're like, yeah. Yeah, dude. No, it's fucking. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's I, I love shit. this album. I love this band. Absolutely love this band. And there you go. Pretty hate machine. There you go. Pretty hate you're, machine. You're number one. That's a, that's a good pick, man. I, I am not surprised by that one. You're right, but it's a, it's a good pick. So I commend you. My number one, I don't know if it'll surprise you or anyone else. I think it is this man's best album. An argument could be made for one. They released about five years after this, but for me, this is the game changer. And it was also at the end it was like, you know, how they say you save the best for last or how there's a headlining act. Okay. Like, I feel like that analogy, that's what this album was for the era of like big hair rock. And right before grunge kind of started taking over the world and that that move music kind of died out a little bit into the late 80s, early 90s. But I'm talking about 87's Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. Uh, I agree with I I think it's... It's their best album for sure. Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, this... Welcome to the jungle. I mean, come on. I see your sister in a Sunday dress. She's on the breeze, she pounds her best. She's on the tape, no need to try. She's ready to make. It's so easy, easy when everybody's trying to please me, baby. It's so I mean, it took over the world when it came out. It crossed over on all the charts, Billboard, Pop, everything. It didn't matter. It was Sweet Child of Mine when that hit. And you already mentioned Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City. Yeah. Even some of the non-singles tracks like It's So Easy and Mr. Brownstone and, uh, you know, My Michelle. I mean, these guys, this is a, this is the epitome of like a cover-to-cover album. Like you literally, if, if you're a fan of rock, there's there's no song to skip like they're all like you, you're crazy like you can mention any song on this album i'd be like yep that's a fucking 10 out of 10 banger like all, <laughs> like literally all of them and you know some of them got played out over the years which i mean i respect that opinion but you know especially when it happened i mean there was nothing like it i mean it was a phenomenon i mean yeah i can, I can see that i mean i i <laughs> i live in cincinnati and welcome to the jungle is the Bengals song they play anytime you go, you go to all right go to a, a Bengals game at the stadium. Yeah. So 
Well, I can remember my friend Brandon, and I, you know, I was young too. I mean, I, again, I was twelve, maybe thirteen years old when I got my hands on the cassette tape for this, and I was also listening to this on the Walkman. I can remember listening to this. I don't remember the exact details because my memory is not great, Brad. Uh, we're actually recording this on my birthday, guys. I just turned 47. I don't know what's happening. I think I'm talking to Brad right now. But I can remember listening to this on the Walkman on the school bus. And 12, 13 years old on the school bus. And listening to these songs. And kind of feeling like if my parents knew I was listening to this, they would destroy this tape. Like, there's too many curse words. They're talking about sex, drugs. Yeah, like, yeah, this I- is not – I shouldn't have this. I shouldn't own this. Well, there's there's a there's a lot of music I listened to at that time where I'm like, man, my parents let me listen yeah. to this. I would never let my kids listen. To exactly, this. exactly. So there was a little edge to it too. You know what I mean? But what I was going to say is, I can remember my buddy Brandon, who uh, I went to school with, and his dad was like out of town one night for business or something like that, and he had us all over, and he had like his dad had like a pool table, and like you know, there's video games, which back then would have probably been Nintendo. You know, we're just like just like five or six of us, you know, just kind of like having a, you know, play date, essentially like a sleepover thing. And we're at his house and uh, I remember him putting this on, bro. And I was like, yeah, dude, it's my fucking shit. You know, like it was just like a bunch of 12 year olds just like banging and devil horns. You know what I mean? (laughs) My my first experience was uh, watching Headbangers Ball on Mm -hmm. MTV. And I think it was the video for Welcome to the Jungle came on and I was like, what what is this this is this is different than what we've been hearing of like you know the hair bands and axel's voice and and vocals were different than anything we'd heard yeah dude and just the quickness and everything else you're just like oh my god i need to find this album i need to hear the rest of this yeah like and what i was alluding to earlier is like i feel like an argument could be made for use your illusions the double album that came out um, in the early '90s, is possibly rivaling this, but for me, it's Appetite, man. It's cover to cover. They're all ten out of tens, and it's remained one of my favorite rock albums, uh, really ever. But you know, definitely debut album. So it's my number one, man. There you go, molding me as a young <laughs> rock headbanging mosh pit person in 1987 when this came out. So it's my number one. All right, uh, there you have it, guys. Our top five debut albums. No crossover, Brad. None. At least, at least in our five. Wow. That's uh, that's surprising. Uh, one of these things is not like the other. I'm looking at the list here, and I got Portishead staring at me. <laughs> 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 Which is good, man. I get a little variety in there, you know. All right. I'll tell you what, Brad. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will give our honorable mentions. We'll also shout out the fans over online. We got quite a bit of feedback for this topic over in the suggestion box, so we'll take a look at that, too. So everybody sit tight. Bradley and I shall return after we watch a bunch of Apple TV and and come right back. Stay (laughs) tuned. Hello, listeners. Did you know that there is a lot more content where this episode came from? As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com slash two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. 
Welcome back, guys. As I said, pre-break, my good buddy Brad is here. You know him from the Cinema Guys, but you probably know him from this show as well. He's been on several times. He's a good friend of the show. And we just talked about our top five debut albums, our favorite albums from bands or musicians over the years that were their introduction to the world. So we're going to go over to Facebook here in a second, Brad, and see what the fans had to say. Like I said, we got quite a bit of submissions over there. But before we do that, I've got five honorable mentions to round out my top ten, and I do that only for Dan Brennick at this point. But I have those for Dan. Uh, what about you, man? Uh, what uh, did not quite crack your top five? Give We never gave our, our breakdown back of our top fives. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. See, I need you. <laughs> see? See? Who, look at that. Who, what am I doing here? Who's, I don't even know. Like, who shows this? <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> Uh, you're right, though. Guys, I'm not taking any of this out, okay? I want everybody to know how organized and professional I am. Bradley, would you please sum up your top five for us? Top, I would I would love to, Gerald. I would love to give you my top five. Please do. Be- because a few of them, a few of them shocked you. They did. That's you know, accurate. I started out number five, 2000's Hybrid Theory from Linkin Park. Yeah, man. Number four, The Biggest Shocker of the Night from 1994, Dummy from Portishead. Number three, from 2002, 30 Seconds to Mars, self-titled album. Number two, from 1993, Undertow from Tool. Yeah, man. And my number one, from 1989, or 1990, if you're Gerald, Pretty Hate Machine from Nine Inch Nails. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, Great list, man. (laughs) Thank you for summing that up. I can't believe you almost forgot to do that. My number five uh, was Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style. My number four was Facelift from Alice in Chains. My number three was the self-titled Rage Against the Machine. Number two was Beastie Boys, Licensed to Ill. And my number one was Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction from 1987. Now, let's give our honorable mentions, Brad. What do you <laughs> have What do you have over there on your honorables, buddy? Honorables, I have Hellbilly Deluxe from Rob Zombie. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's a great album. It, I, is. I, it was tough to put it on because, you know, he we, he'd been known for White Zombie for quite some time, but yeah, he went going solo. Uh, I also have Rage's self-titled album. I got Weezer, the also known as the Blue Album. Yep, yep, classic. Corn self-titled, which is an absolute fantastic album. Oh, you did have it, nice. And my last one, not my favorite album of theirs, but it's one that really got me into them and that is three dollar bill y'all from hey limp biscuit there you go yeah that's good shit all right so my honorables and i don't have them in any particular order and i did that just for drew hallam no i'm kidding i didn't but i <laughs> don't have them in any album uh, or any uh order so i've got let's see uh the uh, slim shady lp eminem okay there you go love that one ready to die by the notorious big biggie smalls a couple rap ones there and then I had uh, Stone Temple Pilots Core. That's a uh, that just didn't quite make the ten. But right. It's a good album, my favorite album of theirs for sure. I uh, skipped school uh, to buy that CD when it came out. It's, it's their heaviest album, and that's why I like it. That's it, what I like about it. Yeah, I agree. It, it was yeah, good shit. And then I've got to round out my top ten would have been Pearl Jam's Ten which I know you're a huge fan of. Oh, yeah. Huge fan. All right. <laughs> and then my number 10 would have been Hot Fuss by The Killers. I'm a oh, big fan a of The album. Killers. That's I'm a good big, album. Big fan of them. And I got to see that tour at the House of Blues, which is like a small venue. And uh, I just think that's a really great, like kind of glam rock album, you know, from cover to cover. I have a lot of fun with that album. Mr. Brightside is an all-timer. 
uh, and it's just a great album. So that's that would have been my number 10. All right, so to wrap up every episode, Bradley, you know what we do, man? We open up the old suggestion box. Guys, if you have not joined up yet, please check the show notes and join up to the Facebook fan page because that is where I try to interact with my fans the most. And what I said is no, what notice how he says try. Yeah, try just because you never know with me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, what are your favorite debut albums of all time? And we got quite a bit of feedback. Let's see what we got. We did. Here. You get quite a few. So I'll run through, uh, run through some of these. So patron and friend of the show, Tony says, Hey, there you go. Pearl jam 10 right out of the gate. <laughs> Guys, Brad's not a huge Pearl jam fan. That, so. I, I, <laughs> So I think that's funny. They can come at me. I do not like Pearl Jam, <laughs> just just so people know. Oh, man. Um, GNR's Appetite, Ready to Die by Biggie, Licensed to Ill, and Pretty Hate Machine. Great list, Tony. He's kind of borrowing for both of us there, so that's a good list. Uh, let's see. So Michael Hill's got History for Sale by Blue October, Slim Shady by Eminem, the Volume 1 album by Pentatonix, Lungs mm, by Florence and the Machine, and Hozier self-titled album so that's his five none that we mentioned but uh, well i mentioned slim shady but other than that dissect the film new patron to the show i love those guys they say van halen's album self-titled blizzard of oz by ozzy transmissions by starset the few not fleeting by nothing more hillbilly deluxe by rob zombie just name a few there you go there you got a little uh, rob zombie mentioned for you there brad what do you think about uh van halen you a fan of them uh, I am. And uh, is that the one with uh, Panama on it? No, that's uh, 1984, right? Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah, I don't know. Van Halen, the self-title. I'm I'm having trouble placing, but I love 84 and 5150. Those were classics in my mind. Let's see, Brian Shampoo. Look at this guy, newly married, and he still has time to get on social media. I don't, and also, I don't know what any of these damn albums are. He's got he's got <laughs> he's got Beulah by John Paul White. And oh, Alton. yeah, that one? You know that one? No, I don't know that no, one. No, no, I don't. Oh, you don't know that one. You probably know this one, though. Alt-J, I've heard of them. And no, you don't know it? Alt-J, an awesome wave. I know the band. I don't know the album, Brian. Uh, then he says Dopamine by Bjorn's. Uh, self-titled album by Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. I feel oh, like... Is that's it, actually a good album. Do you know that one earlier? Are you kidding? I, I, no, I, I, I really do. It's a good album. <laughs> Uh, I feel like Brian was just typing words out to see if we <laughs> see if we would name them people that he like knows from work or whatever you know. Thank you, Shampoo. I'm just kidding. Uh, Joey DiCarlo from So Wizard says the blue album from Weezer, Suicide Machines by Destruction by Definition, and Dragon Force by Valley of the Damned. <laughs> Dragon Force. Wow. wow, that's a throwback, huh? <clears throat> Let's see. So, so real quick, yeah. uh, Van Halen's first album. Had running with the devil. Oh, okay. And, all and right. talking about love. Hot for it. teacher and all that shit. Was that that one? No, too? that was nineteen eighty four. God damn it! What I keep. <laughs> <laughs> I really like. I really like nineteen eighty four album. I think. Let's see. Uh, patron in front of the show, Jared Taylor. Uh, good dude. Love that guy. He says a perfect circles debut album. He's also got smashing good album. pumpkins gish and Alice in Chains facelift. I saw gish come up on a lot of lists, but for my list. As their best album is Siamese Dream, so I didn't go that route. But mine's between Siamese Dream or Melancholy. Mel- Melancholy, and Infinite yeah. Infinite Sadness. Yeah, me too. But Gish is a great debut album. He's right. Uh, Top tier patron of the show, Dan Roski, says Black Flags Damaged. Wow, that is a shout out right there. Go Go's Beauty and the Beat, Rage Against the Machine, Black Velvet Flag by Come Recline, and Led Zeppelin's debut album. That is that is some classic rock, though. He's right. 
that one does go hard. I think Led Zeppelin Four is probably my favorite album of theirs. So it wouldn't have made my list, but a hell of an introduction, that's for sure. Sam Hurley says, uh, you mean the best album ever. And he's got a gif of Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> I mean, it's a fucking good one, though. He's right. You know, I, I could see him just blasting that while he's trying to control those kids over there. <laughs> Maybe he needs that to get him pumped. <laughs> get, should, it gets him through the day. You should have used that tonight when you were putting your kids through their homework I and should stuff. have. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Josh Raglan, patron and friend of the show, says Pearl Jam's 10, Jagged Little Pill by Atlantis. That's a good shout out. I like oh, that wow. one. Wow, wow, yeah. I think uh, I think he might be onto something there. That, in other words, if you look at like Rolling Stone or like all these other places that mention debut albums, I bet she's going to come up a lot. That's a good she one. She didn't. She didn't release any Canadian pop before that album came out. Mm, I don't know. Fact checking over here. I don't know. Check. <laughs> check. It. I think that was her 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 <laughs> debut. Like uh, her Canadian pop stuff. I think it was just like EPs and oh okay and all smaller right. stuff. Mumford Before and Sons. She... He also says Mumford and Sons. Side no more. Core That's by SCP. Yeah, and we mentioned Weezer's Blue album, and then he's got They Might Be Giants, self-titled as well. Ooh, okay. Now here's a good one that would probably be. It was actually in the in the mix before I started narrowing it down. But he, uh, you know Julio from the Contrarians, patron of the show as well. He says August and Everything After by Counting Crows, which was initially in my top ten, and it got shuffled around a little bit. But that is a freaking all time. I mean, just such a great debut album. It really is. It is a very good album, and it, it could have made a list until I saw them live. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Well, that, that album, August and Everything After, you know, it's weird that it didn't make this list for me because that's one that I often think of as like my deserted uh, island album. You ever had that it, question? Like what album would take oh, with it? Or uh, oh, absolutely. And it. I mean, this that album is one that you could just put on and you could just, yeah. it has ups and downs and you sing along, you dance, you like, yeah, 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 for sure. So great shout out. He also has the killers hot fuss. So there you go. So I did give something for, uh, Julio there and he's got jagged little pill by Elano Smorissette, which I'm going to assume is a typo. It's Atlantis, Julio. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, uh, maybe man. in, uh, in Peru. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Maybe Alanos is Alanis's brother or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Julio. I love you. Uh, Paul, you mentioned him earlier from the countdown. Let's see what he's got. He's got Pearl Jam by 10. He did that just for you, I think. He's I think so. A, he's also got STP's Core, uh, The Stone Roses, self-titled, and Rage. And so there wow, you go. Wow, he did not put he didn't Tool do, he didn't on do the tool. list. He only put four, though, so maybe Tool's the... We're supposed Ma to assume that's there, maybe. <laughs> also, why didn't Dan from Netflix as well? Why didn't he put Blink One Eighty Two here? I wonder. Uh -huh. But but he's got Hands Like Houses by Ground Dweller Dance, Gavin Dance. Uh, or I'm sorry, that's the band. The album is Downtown Battle Mountain, and then the self titled album from Gorillas would be his other mention. So no Blink One Eighty Two there. I know one of those. Which one, Gorillas? Gorillas. <laughs> yeah, I only know Dance Gavin Dance because when he came on my show, we did a music episode. I apologize i can't remember what it was but he mentioned the band and they had uh dan you'll have to remind me but they had a cover of a band that i love or something i think it was deftones or something like that and they did a cover of one of deftones songs i think it was deftones but anyway he mentioned that to me so that i am familiar with that band but i definitely don't know the album let's see uh chris yaney listen to this dude so he's all over the place i love this guy he's patron of the show friend of the show he says acdc's high voltage so we're okay. like, okay, okay, yeah, sure. All right. All right. He says Led Zeppelin's 
First, okay, yeah, sure. Or, yeah. And then he's got Pieces of You by Jewel. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's like me throwing Portis head in there at you. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I was like, what? <laughs> uh, but, dude, you know what? And uh, with all like joking aside, that is a fucking great album. And she was fucking hot, bro. Like, <laughs> I was like, Jewel, sing to me, please. Uh, so I'll let Chris Andy slide on that one. That's a good call. Uh, Chris Green says Boston, their self titled album. That's more than a feeling. I remember my dad had that vinyl, dude. So good, man. So good call there. Uh, what else we got here? Let's see. Uh, a lot of these have been mentioned already, but Shane Hurd. I'll just mention the ones that we have not said. Shane Hurd says, Information Society from 1988. It was so ahead of its time, he says. Hmm. Information Society, they did uh, Pure Energy, right? That was them, I think. That was the song Pure Energy. It was like a big hit for them, I think. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, please don't unsubscribe i think that's what that is though. <laughs> please don't unsubscribe <laughs> uh gorillas they're self-titled and then he's got a couple that we did mention beastie boys gnr but he also says mars pump up the volume it's a good call there uh billy dunham says beautiful freak by the eels hitchhike to rome by the old 97s i shouldn't look as good as i do by the math and physics club Tiger Milk by Bell and Sebastian and Three Imaginary Boys by The Cure. I love The Cure shout out there. That is a throwback for sure. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's, uh, there's so many. Let me hit the patrons here. Uh, let me hit a couple of the patrons here. David Powell says Hot Fuss by The Killers. The Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. Wow. Appetite for Destruction. Tori Amos's Little Earthquakes. Lady Gaga's The Fame. That's a good one. Uh, he's got a lot. The Doors, their self-titled album, and the Ramones, self-titled album. Lauren Scott says Britney Spears. Hey, how about that, baby? One more time, we get some love on that one. <laughs> and Larkin Hill, you got another. You got another shout out for Hybrid Theory by Lincoln Park. He also he also says Deftones, Adrenaline, The Pixies, Everclear. It's a lot of good ones here, man. No one, no one's mentioned Portishead. Come on, come I know. On, Where are the Portishead mentions? Yeah, what the hell? Jeez, you guys call yourself like contributors? This is crazy. All right, so that's it. We'll end on Patrick Sherwood because you know Patrick and we love him. He says uh, Jimi Hendrix. Are you experienced? Facelift by Alice in Chains. Pretty Hate Machine by Nine Inch Nails. And Rage I heard Against that's a good album. Yeah, I heard so too. I heard tonight from mm-hmm. my guest. And Rage Against the Machine self-titled album. So there you go. Guys, thank you so much for the feedback. We got a ton this week, as you can see. I didn't get to everybody, so I apologize for that. But it means a lot that you guys hit us up. Brad, dude, you're yes. here. It's like I'm freaking here. midnight or something. I don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> uh, we have kids that won't leave us alone and dogs that won't stop barking. But we get together when we can, and it means the world to me, man. Just tell them real quick, because I know you got to get out of here. Tell them where they can find you and what you're doing and where to look you up, buddy. Uh, they can find they can find the Cinema Guys at wearethecinemaguys.com or you can follow me at, at the Cinema Guys on Twitter or any of my Tubi stuff at Tubi Tuesday on Twitter. I love the Tubi. Tubi's kind of pushing more uh Yeah. More in there. Well, it's good shit. And uh, very, very, I'm extremely hurt that you didn't plug Apple TV just now. I gave you an open form. Uh, you did. And you you're did. like, you're like, to be cinema guys, you know, like, you know, all this shit. And I'm like, whoa. We haven't recorded an album since 2020 or something like that. So <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about it. Oh, yeah. Apple uh, TV Plus. Just uh, uh, follow at Apple TV <laughs> please Plus. Don't, please don't follow there. Plus, You'll be disappointed. <laughs> don't follow. Uh, we should start plugging not to follow that show. 
You know what? Instead of plugging Cinema Guys, I just want to tell you guys what not to do. Don't follow <laughs> Apple TV Plus. Don't. All right, man. Uh, you know I love you, and thanks so much for carving time out to do this, brother. And um, you know, best Thank of you luck for with me. I always have a blast. Best of luck with children. You know, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. You, you as well. All right, man. Uh, it means a lot, brother. And uh, for everybody tuning this in this week, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Everybody, take care. <laughs>